Is a miracle something out of the ordinary that happens or is it pure luck? Have you ever had a close brush? Have you ever felt the wings of the angel of death? That you're still here might be the miracle. I think that some people say, oh, what a coincidence that this happened. And other people look at the same evidence and say, no, that's a miracle. How prevalent are miracles? Are they something that most of us can look back on and say, oh yeah, you know, I experienced this or that. I think being struck by lightning and not being burnt to a crisp, miraculous. Really unlikely things happen. Scientifically, of course, really unlikely things are bound to happen. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you don't take inspiration or direction from things that happen. Miracles give people hope. If they happen, I'm pretty sure that they cement your belief in God. I've had people tell me, yep, God has you in his hand. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs>
tuned in to what you're talking about to some degree? I really do. I think that if we, the ordinary miracles that I spoke of at first, the obvious ones to all of us, if we just took the time and the pause to recognize these things happening around us, instead of, you know, we all have these busy, busy lives and we've had, and, and it may, and I know it hasn't been the greatest journey for some people, but the pause that we had with COVID, I think helped a lot of people stop and look around and enjoy and recognize the importance of the silence, the beauty, the getting outside and getting fresh air, the things that we didn't do or we don't do when our lives are extremely busy. And I think the ordinary miracles that a lot of people through COVID and that pause recognized, we need to try and hold on to as we go back into the busyness of our lives and those ordinary miracles become a little bit more invisible again as we start focusing on our busy, hectic schedules. Okay, tell me more then, if you could dial it back to the very early days of writing this book. I mean, was it was it a painful process before it became a cathartic? Or perhaps you could explain to us just how this came about. Absolutely. I'd been thinking about writing this book for many years and the initial thoughts of the book were the learnings that I thought that I learned that I thought people should recognize and learn at a young age, sadly, which is the, the practical things like having a will in place before, you know, you move too further too far into your life, especially when you have children. Um, just the things that, you know, having your name on title of a house with your spouse, those those are the messages that I had started with. Again, it took me a number of years to sit down and write this book, and it only started in January of this year. And now it's done and it's ready to go, which is unbelievable to me, the timeline. Um, but what really propelled me forward was on January 14th of this year, I sat and watched a masterclass um, by a publisher by the name of Carolyn Flowers, who owns Oxygen Publishing and listening to her speak and her team speak was when it when i made the decision to write this book and i walked out on that day and looked at my husband and my son and said this is it it's time and i bought myself a big cozy chair from wayfair got it up to the cottage <clears throat> where we were staying during COVID, and i sat down and started to write and i had no idea what was going to come out of me but what I look at now and what I did in that four and a half months of writing just flowed off the end of my fingers. And the first part of the book was very difficult. And those days were very heavy. And I would have to get outside and I would have to take a break. I realized that there were things that I was holding on to that I didn't even know bothered me. And I would start to cry. <laughs> And the boys would be worried and I would just say, no, 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 it's okay. It's all part of the process. It's all part of the healing. It's all part of my journey. And as I got further into the book, on that journey where <clears throat> I speak of, you know, the book is a story of lost love, self-love and found love. As I moved through the self-love and the found love, my days were bright and they were light and they were happy. But at the end of every one of those days, whether they were hard or whether they were easy, 
I always went to bed feeling a sense of peace and a, a very big sense of my true self. Do you do you feel like you felt um, more alive than perhaps you had, even with the ups and downs of writing the, the book? But how did that make you feel, uh, or or did it make you feel more connected to yourself? A hundred and fifty percent, it did. <clears throat> I didn't even realize what this journey would do for me personally. Um, you know, I knew that it was important to get it out and. I knew that it would be very helpful to others, but I did honestly, Paul, not realize how helpful it was going to be for me as a person. <clears throat> you know, the strength that I, you know, I look back at it and a lot of times while I was writing, I didn't realize, you know, I would be writing the story and, and I would feel very sad for the person I was writing for and and writing about and think oh my god that poor woman like what she went through and then i'd stop and remind myself that that was me that was my journey and it blows my mind honestly by just the start to the finish of the memories that came came up during that writing and the emotion both both very difficult and very happy um <clears throat> i never expected to travel the journey that I did while I was writing the book and and how I feel now even just being able to talk about it and excited that you know hopefully it will be something that will help others and do you write about uh um, in detail I guess the event that sort of brought this all about in the book I do <clears throat> and I wasn't sure as I said I had no idea where 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 I would start and where I would finish in the book. And I started with the hardest part. I went right to the gut and I don't know why, but it just is what happened. And I really take people to the rawest, my rawest form. And, and you know, it, it's uh, when it was time for me to hit send on my book the other day on my final, this is it. It took me a while. <laughs> Because I'm like, this is out there now. Um, people are really going to know the emotion, but I think it's important because it's a very organic, raw, this is, this is it. This is what happened. So yeah, I, I really do, from the beginning, take people on that journey of loss and, and what I went through and what my family went through and, and Bane's family and the emotion and the rawness. It's definitely there, but it takes you on a journey and it takes you on a journey from that rawness to a place of peace and love and happiness. Okay, so tell me more about you now versus then. Do you think you'd be doing the work that you're doing now? Perhaps you could explain to us some of the stuff that you're, uh, you know, that you consider to be your life's work. Do you think that you would be in this place now if it wasn't for the events that you have gone through in the last, you know, X number of years? I honestly don't think I would be. Um, it'll be almost 14 years at the end of November that Bane passed away. <clears throat> and I found that through, it wasn't right away. It wasn't the first few years. It actually took me until about 2012. So almost five, four and a half years after Bane died 
to realize that the the yoga part, the mindfulness, the breathing, all of those things, the importance of those in my life and and my journey of healing. Um, I went through an episode in 2012 where I dealt with an incredible amount of anxiety. And I look back on it now and, and I'm not surprised it happened. The amount of stress that was put on my body, on my mind, for four and a half years of dealing with raising a baby on my own and dealing with the legalities around losing a spouse and everything else. And what helped me move forward was spirituality, yoga, all types of yoga, meditation, breathing. And so that is where my journey started. And when it, when Bain first died, I was not myself. And not only did I lose Bain when he died, but I lost a big part of my true self and who I am. And through this journey of 14 years and the journey mostly from 2012, I slowly found that person again. And that is a really big component of my book is finding that person that you've lost. And you can grieve not only the person that physically is gone, but you grieve that person that you used to be, that person that you thought, that life that you thought you were gonna have. You grieve that life and you grieve that person that you were. And grief is always with us. And once you've lost somebody, it's, it's a part of who we are. It's really what you do with it, where you take it, if you hold on to it deep down in your belly and you don't let it go, or if you let it come out your heart and you turn it into something beautiful. And that's what I'm really trying to do. And with my yoga practice, you know, I moved from 2012 into a daily practice. And then four years ago, decided it was time for me to do something for myself and became a mindful meditation coach and took three yoga certifications, started my own business, and again, through COVID, found out what I really wanted to do, and that was help others through my practice, through my business, through my book, through my words. And how do you think you've helped others or uh, impacted others? Do you, do you know of uh, who and how you've changed them? I would like to hope that I've definitely helped others. Um, and I think through my yoga practice, I certainly would like to hope that taking people on that wellness journey has been beneficial. Um, one organization and one thing that I've been very involved with over the last three years is a organization called um, Soaring Spirits, which is, was started by an incredible woman named Michelle Neff Hernandez, and it's for the widowed community. And she has had at least three or four million people that she has touched through her organization and her camp, which is called Camp Widow. And I was introduced to that camp three years ago and have had the incredible privilege and opportunity to speak at the camp, to teach restorative yoga for grief to those that were attending the camp, so I would like to hope that out of the people that I've touched through my practice, through the Camp Widow experience that I have helped others, 
and quietly I don't know but in my heart I would believe that I have um, I also spent some time before COVID teaching yoga at Ronald McDonald House in Toronto to the parents who have children that were in palliative care and I know from that experience because I would sit with them after that just the breath work and the movement and the kindness and the quiet helped those parents realize that one thing is that they needed to do it more <laughs> and the other was that they needed to find that sense of peace for an hour with me so that they could move forward and help their child so I would like to hope that I've impacted people and I really like to hope that through my book and again through my words and my practice that it's something that I can do as a person of service moving forward. So in meeting all of these new people who we could maybe assume you perhaps may not have met had your circumstances been a bit different, did you learn anything new about, again, this idea of miracles? Can you share any of that kind of insight with us? I think I, I, think I definitely did learn more about the miracle, miracles and the ordinary miracles and those mysterious miracles that I spoke about. Um, I think that meeting these people and getting involved in this community in its own right is a miracle because I didn't have what these people have when I lost fame. I didn't have that community. And I honestly think that Soaring Spirits and, and the community around helping people that have lost people who are grieving, that in its own right is a miracle because these people are getting, are becoming a part of a community that is so kind and so compassionate and loving that I think the miracle for them is that they've got someone that they can talk to that knows how they feel. Even though our, all our journeys are very unique, the journey of loss and having that connection with somebody that can say, I know how you feel, or I remember when, I honestly and truly think that in its own right is a miracle. So is there a story or a moment throughout this journey that uh, stands out for you that symbolizes what you've gone through or brings it all into a particular orbit? There is a story in the book that I tell, a true story in the book that I tell, that brings the whole miracle, the whole mysterious sense of loss and spirituality together and I'll give you a quick glimpse into that story because my hope is that when people read the book they'll be like oh wow um, there was a day in 2012 that I was going to see my chiropractor and I was going to get acupuncture for my anxiety and he came into the room that I was in at one point and said do you believe in spirituality and I said, yes. And he said, well, there's a man in the other room and he's a medium. And he said that Bane is driving him crazy and he needs to talk to you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and being very open to it because I did go see a medium about a year and a half after Bane had passed away. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll see what this, this guy has to say because I've been struggling a lot lately with my anxiety. I've been struggling a lot lately with the guilt of trying to move forward with my life. 
And if he can say something that can help me propel myself and open that door into the next chapter of my life, I'm open to talking to him. And he came in the room, Paul, and he sat across the table from me. And he looked in my eyes and he started to cry. And he said, your husband really needs to talk to you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and the things that he said to me that day, the things that this man would never know, because I had no idea who he was, but I was open to it, were the things that helped me at the stage of five years of loss, open the door and walk into the second half of my life. He talked to me through Bain and told me that it was okay to move on and told me how proud he was of me and told me to look for the ordinary miracles in my life. He told me that he was sending me butterflies and I have seen those monarch butterflies and they're everywhere in my book and they're everywhere in my story since the day that that man talked to me. And I won't tell you everything he said because I'd like people to read about it. But that moment in my life, as I said, opened my eyes, opened my heart and opened my door to walk into the second half of my journey on this earth. That is a powerful story, Margo. Thank you for sharing that. So I'm going to take a moment here. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, no. That's... Oh, little emotion there on my side, too, oh. even though I've lived it, written it, and spoke about it. It was, uh, it was a very interesting time. Do you, do you think that a lot of this has to do with um, just a matter of perception? Do you, do you feel that? It's really just about opening yourself up to uh, recognizing and perceiving things that are are otherwise unexplainable is how you begin to uh, attract this force in your life or having been through experiences like that. I mean, is it is it about just having your eyes open? I think it's a combination of things. It's definitely having your eyes open. It's finding something to believe in. I was never a religious person. I wasn't brought up that way, but always had a bit of a sense of spirituality. And, you know, as a, as a young adult would go and, you know, see a psychic and those kind of things and wonder, you know, what's real and what's not. When I lost Bain, I really was grasping and looking for something to just help me move forward. And spirituality just became that thing. And it can be, you know, it is opening your eyes. It's opening your heart. I know that some people think it's super hokey. And, and when I talk about it or write about it, I don't expect everyone to believe it or understand it or buy into it. But it's the little things for me. And it's the monarch butterflies. And it's all the cardinals that live in my backyard. And it's not just me. Wilkin, my son, who was four months old when his dad died, quietly has just stood by my side and he'll see a butterfly and say, oh, look, mom, it's another ordinary miracle. Or, or there'll be two monarch butterfly or two cardinals chasing each other through our backyard and singing and cheering. And, you know, their song is sort of like the sound of 
someone cheering you on and and I honestly feel that those are the people that we've lost and and again it can sound hokey and and that's fine I don't mind what people think because it's what helps me move forward and I think it's what helps a lot of people move forward and and so to me it's it's your own personal beliefs and uh and just being open to feeling something that can really make you feel good inside <laughs> and feel happy and kind of help reduce the pain and help reduce the anxieties that we feel on in everyday life. So in your own words then, why do you think your story uh, is important and why is the book important? I mean, who should read it and why from your point of view? Well, there's the obvious, right? There's, I write about my journey of becoming a widowed woman at the age of 37. Um, so obviously the widow community, anyone that is associated with someone that has lost, I really believe that the book could be for anybody because it talks about grief. And as much as people want to say they've never grieved if they haven't lost somebody or grief comes in so many different ways and it can be the loss of a person, it can be loss of a relationship a job, a friendship, the loss of self, that lost love that I spoke about. So I honestly believe that the book could help anybody see that you can come from a place of darkness, brokenness and, and pain. And, and, and that's where I was in that raw form to a place where life really does seem beautiful. And the obvious is the obvious. There's always shit going on around us and we have to just deal with it and move forward. And so I really do believe that it could be a book that anyone could read and realize that, you know, you can move forward from grief and you can move forward from, you know, again, any type of grief or loss. So, you know, I, I guess the real, the real community that it would benefit would be the widowed community, but I would love to see that it becomes something that is more inspirational and personal growth for all. And is there one big idea or message that you want to underline here for the world? I think my biggest message and my one big idea would be kind and compassionate to yourself and allow yourself to and and people may laugh at this but love yourself and not in that you know it's sad sometimes we see that external love that we see it on social media and all the pictures of people posting you know this is me look at me look at me and i personally think sadly that sometimes that is more insecurity than love the self-love that I think is so important and the kindness that we show ourselves is the kindness that comes from within the kindness that when you you know something shitty happens or or you do something that you're not proud of you're kind to yourself about it and you know it's it's the journey of self and it's the journey of recognizing things and managing through them and trying to heal them rather than recognizing them, managing through them and pushing them away to a place where you're not dealing with them. So I think the message is love. I think the message is kindness, compassion and healing. And healing can only come in my true mind. And I realized this over the last 10 months 
from really looking at what's going on inside. Okay, as we come to the end of our time together here, perhaps is there a, a special passage from the book that means something special to you that perhaps you could share with us as you uh, uh, play us out of this session? Absolutely. Emily, I've kind of touched on this a little bit before, but this is about halfway through my book. And it's just a short little paragraph, but a powerful one. On September 30th, as the last truck pulled away from the front door of my house, I wiped away my tears, took a long, deep, intentional breath, took one last look into the house, closed the door one last time as I stepped into the next chapter of our lives. Okay. Margot Sage, thank you very much for the time. I think this is uh, this is going to be uh, an important interview and, uh, and congratulations on the book again. Oh, thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you to having me here. So would I